This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. My name's Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name's Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Yeah, so Will's obviously not here this week. He's on his way to Austria. He's currently in a hotel in Manchester. He sent me a voice note for his man of the match for the Swindon game. So we've got that to look forward to. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, he's not gonna he's not gonna be here for the full episodes and be able to uh, be a part of it properly this week. So it'll just be me and you. We'll be all right, won't we? We'll be fine. We've done it before. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. fine. I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. Right, I'll kick things off. I'll kick things off. Things are going to start a bit fiery today, mate, after the intro. Ooh, I get myself all riled up here. Right, before I introduce the show, this episode of the Blue Army podcast is done in partnership with Backs Against the Wall, a great live music promotion company that tries to put beautiful bands, small venues, resulting in fantastic atmospheres. Oh, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is, of course, episode 80. We've done it. We've hit the milestone. We're in our 80s and I'm missing somebody this week. I mean, we're all missing somebody this week, but don't worry. Don't worry. Me and this man are going to be the perfect filler for the remedy. I'm talking about (laughs) your favourite special guest, Liam. Denwood from Blue Army TV, the YouTube channel. How are you, sir? Very good, very warm. You know, I'm recording this in my loft and there's no sort of protection from the outside world and I actually feel like I want to die. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, I'm sure the listeners will forgive us for maybe, like, undercutting them a couple of minutes to get out because I'm pretty much in the same position as you, mate. I'm sweating my tits off. When you're recording sound, obviously, you can't have your windows open, especially at this time of the day. There's barbecues everywhere, music being played everywhere, so... All the windows are closed. I'm feeling really, really warm in here. So we're obviously, we're going to crack on with things. And uh, something else that's got me hot and bothered, mate. Uh, and I'm going to bring this up. And uh, I might edit this out. It depends. That when I listen back to it, I might lose my bottle. But we'll see how it goes, mate. We'll see how it goes. Here we go. You might have seen on social media, I've acquired some stickers. And these stickers have been getting posted around various locations in the Carlisle City Centre. And a rumour has got back to me very recently. And if this rumour is true, 
there's going to be some fighting to be done, I reckon. Apparently, the rumour <laughs> is the cheeky buggers over at the uh, the other podcast, we don't name it here, we don't name it here, but the cheeky buggers at the other podcast have been seen scratching my stickers down, mate. Seen. <laughs> Actually seen. Scratching my stickers down off of a bus stop in town. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I asked for photographic evidence. They said they felt too sham to take a picture, but I... Apparently, one of those cheeky monkeys from the other <laughs> podcast, the podcast that shall not be named, have been scratching down my stickers. And if this rumour is true, if this rumour is That's true, brilliant. Mr. Liam Denver, isn't it just <laughs> mental, mate? It's absolutely mental. I can't believe it, mate. I can't believe it. But if this rumour is true, I want to challenge them to a fight. A gold <laughs> fashioned dust up a boxing match let's give some money to some charity let's sell some tickets i reckon the listeners of my show will want to see it the listeners of their show might want to see it and let's have a boxing <laughs> match and let's sort this out because there's weird tension between me and the other podcast now obviously i call it the other podcast because i don't like to talk about them very often i don't like to slander them but what I've had, mate, is like messages in my in my in my DMs and stuff telling me that we've talked about this wrong, we've talked about that wrong, this never happened, that never happened, we're getting our facts wrong and stuff like that. But the the same people aren't following us on Instagram, the same people aren't, you know, subscribed to us, but they're there just to leave the comments. So they're obviously listening, you know, and they're not fans. So they're only there to give us a bit of jip and a bit of abuse. And if that's the case, I want to put an end to it. So get your gloves on. And let's have a bit. So that's an official challenge right there. If you want to own up Mr. Other Podcast and Mr. Other Podcast, wherever you might be and wherever you might be named, if you want to own up to this, if this is true, or you just want a good old-fashioned dust-up, let's raise some money for charity. Let's raise the profile of both of our podcasts. Let's go for it. We're both fully grown men. This would be great crap, don't you think, Liam? You'd, look, you'd get a ticket for that, wouldn't you? I, I would pay to see that. You know, I've, I've been to a lot of boxing matches in my time, you know. <laughs> Family connections with the with boxing, I'd pay to watch it. I would definitely, definitely. <laughs> For the record, might be slightly I'm unfair. Not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a trained. I'm not a trained fighter of any kind. Like I've never put on a pair of gloves unless it was in jest. You know what I mean? To sort of like throw up my older brother in some way or another. I'm no way trained or whatever. I have no idea. If they maybe pop down the gym once a week. I doubt it. I've seen a clip of him. Maybe. But you know. It... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting brave, aren't I? I'm getting brave. I'm getting you, brave. You're definitely poking a, poking a fight out here, like. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do it. I don't mind. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Three three-minute rounds. Let's go. Let's just go. Let's have a go. Let's raise some money for charity. Let's have a bit of fun. And let's bury the hatchet. That's all I really want to do, mate. I just want to bury the fucking hatchet. If this is true, like, I'm not out there ripping their posters down and giving them jip and giving them one-star reviews on on iTunes and stuff like that just because I'm bitter. You know, I'm not that guy. But if they want to keep playing this game, mate, I, I, I want to put a stop to it in one way or another. And I reckon that's not a bad way to do it. Raise some money for charity. Like you said, you'd love to see it. I'm sure there'd be a couple of hundred people listening to this podcast that I'd love to see it. And there's probably about five or six people that listen to their podcast that want to see it as well. You know? <laughs> 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 I'm joking. I'm poking the bear. I'm poking the bear. I'm poking the bear. But I 
want to. I want to. I'm doing it on purpose. I'm doing it on purpose. So come on, let's have a bit. Let's have a bit. Whichever one he is, I don't care. I really don't care. But let's have a scrap. It'll be a good bit of fun. Right. Let's get rid of the bad vibes because we normally start things with good vibes here on the Blue Army podcast, Liam. And that means it's time for one thing and one thing only. It's your favourite feature of the Blue Army podcast. It's, of course, it's everyone's favourite feature. It's everyone's <laughs> favourite feature. It's, of course, it's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. Let's the podcast. So, of the week. I nearly dropped my book in excitement. But yeah, there we go. Right, this is a football-related <laughs> joke. Football-related joke. Why did the manager bring a pencil and paper to the match? Why? Because he was hoping for a draw. You're not no. getting a reaction on that. No. You're not getting a reaction on that. Your reaction is as dry as it is outside, mate. Like, oh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I've heard uh, better ones. I've heard better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's like I've, I've said this before. I don't want to bore the listeners with it. I can spend up to an hour looking for the decent joke and still not find a decent <laughs> joke. And eventually, you've just got to cut your losses and accept the best one you've seen so far. And this is just one of those occasions where I just have to cut my losses and accept the one that I saw so You don't far. get like, jokes like that on other podcasts. Well, you don't, you don't get any jokes on other podcasts. No, you don't get any sense of humour on other podcasts, apparently. Like, <laughs> we're already spitting rumours now. Let's keep poking the fire as we go into the news. Time for the news. And something that put me in a very good mood this week is the rather... I mean, it was criticised. It was it was, it was called a, a football manager signing, I believe, at the time when I suggested it. But it's came to fruition, sir. And Paul Huntington <laughs> has signed for Carlisle United. Right after after the criticism that was lumbered my way in the summer from you and Wills and calling a few of my ideas a bit pie in the sky, I think I'm the only one that's got one right so far, aren't I? And uh, what hell of a signing this is! Yeah, yeah. I, I, to be fair, when the Cardiff goalkeeper signs, I'll give you the credit you deserve. But um, yeah, Paul Huntington. <laughs> Paul uh, Huntington. We'll get on to yeah. Thomas Hoyley. <laughs> hey, Thomas Hoyley was class. But uh, besides the point, Paul Huntington. Paul Huntington is a good sign and is experienced. We've, we've nicked the captain. I say nicked. They did release him. A championship captain from a historic rival. You know, it's it's nice to see. But, and you know, he's obviously got a past a bit of a negative pass with Carlisle, but I'm ready to bury it. Um, and obviously with all the injuries at centre-back we've got at the minute, it's one we definitely need. Paul Huntington, brilliant signing. A bit of a football manager signing. I stand by it. I still think it, it is a bit unrealistic. And if it wasn't for the manager, I don't think any other League Two club's getting him. You know, he said there was oh, interest not. from higher up. So yeah, I, I, I stand not. by the fact that it was an unrealistic signing because I think it, it is. And w- even though we have got him, it still is a bit of a, you know, Football manager signing. It is a bit. It is a bit. But like Paul Simpson has this history of being able to bring in Carlisle-born players back to Carlisle and dropping divisions. I spoke to Mark Boyd about it uh, in his interviews. He came from Port Vale, that were in the division above and doing well in the division above, and came down to Carlisle. They were in a relegation fight in that January with Paul Simpson. He was Paul Simpson's first signing, I think, when he was at Carlisle United. So Paul Simpson is. A man manager. He's, he's brilliant at being able to, to rally the troops. Greg Abbott is somebody else that has been rumoured to be really good with people. And I think between those two in your recruitment department, there's not a, there's, if we've got the money to sign somebody, like if somebody says, I want 
two grand. Say you hear a rumor, say from uh, yeah. Salford or something. No, no, a, t- a team from a team from the division above. Say like say like on Morecambe or something. You hear a rumor, and um, they say I want two grand a week, and then it doesn't work out for them at Morecambe. But if we've got two grand in our budget. We can offer them that two grand. Now, they're probably not going to want to step to the division below, but because of Greg Abbott and because of Paul Simpson and the conversations that they can have, the man management skills that they have, and the attractiveness of the area, once you get someone into Carlisle, it's nice up here. Like, it's nice. It's a lot it's nicer. A, it is, it's a lovely spot. It's a lot Just nicer Cumbri- than some of Cumbrian those in general. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a, a very lot- nice place to live. Yeah, it's a lot nicer than, and it's cheaper as well. The rent's cheaper, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a good place to have your family, good schools and stuff. So, like, when do you sit down with Greg Abbott and Paul Simpson? This is what they're telling you. You know, they know they know what they're doing. They know what to say to a 22-year-old. They know what to say to a 34-year-old to make them sign on the dotted line. They know what these lads want. They've been through it themselves. Simo's been a player, you know? Like, they, they've been through this stuff this, this stuff for years and we've got a great experience in the recruitment so I don't think it, yeah you can stand by the fact that it's a, it was a bit unrealistic but it is it's for us do you know what I mean it is it another happens. thing that another yeah, team happens. yeah it's happened it's not it's not something that another team in our division would have been able to throw together this combination of recruitment staff Paul Simpson and a homegrown Paul Huntington it's the perfect combination to get a steal and that's what we've managed to do. We've managed to get ourselves a fantastic steal. Now, the rumour going round, unfortunately, is that he's not going to be thrown into the game or given any match time until the Gillingham game on the 27th, I believe. So, like, about two weeks from now. So, he's got a bit of time to get fit. Um, I don't know if those comments were made before or after the injuries, but I do think they were made after the injuries and obviously Simo's in no yeah. hurry to sort of rush anybody back or rush Paul into the starting lineup. Lucky for me, I work at Brooklyn Park in kitchens and stuff. I don't want to give too much away. And the first thing that happened to me nine o'clock on Monday morning when I was running in late for work was Paul Huntington uh, came out of one of the things. I think he was sorting some tickets out for his family or something like that. And he gave me a lovely, you're right, lad, good morning. And I went, welcome back, Paul. And he's just lovely, you know, just lovely. Sometimes Carlisle players don't talk to you and sometimes they do I had a weird interaction with Jamie Devitt as well actually um, I was heading to the shop and he stepped out of uh, some office or something and do you know that really awkward thing that happens say if you're walking down the road and you're walking straight and somebody else turns the corner and they're heading in the same direction as you and they're walking at the yeah. same pace as you and it's all of a sudden it's like you're really awkwardly walking down the street together but you didn't mean yeah. to it's, that's what <laughs> happened with me and Jamie Devitt unfortunately we had an awkward <laughs> An awkward like three or four minutes. He just came out of the office and started heading in the same direction I was heading in as I was walking. So it was just a little bit awkward at first, but hey ho, there we go. That's my interactions with the with the, with the Carlisle lads this week. Anyway, can I uh, was... can I just uh, say my story about when Jared Brunswick was still playing for us? Yeah, I yeah. an awkward interaction with him when he first came. Uh, yeah. When he when he first left, I remember it was the weekend after he'd made his debut for Everton against Wolves. And he must have been visiting some family down in down in Maryport. And I was, it was like quite early in the morning. And I was I woke up really late. I think I was a little bit hungover. Um, mm. And I took my dog out for a walk. And he was sitting in his car. And I walked past him. And he, I had a Carlisle shirt on. And he gave me like a little wave um, as he was getting out of the car. And me, like half asleep, I, I didn't I didn't recognize who he was. So I just give him like you know that little that cool little nod that that upwards nod when you're like. <laughs> Like, like that casual nod, like as if I as if I had no idea who he was. And I kept on walking. It wasn't until about a few minutes later I realised that's 
Premier League footballer Jared Bradford. I've just done that. And he gave me like a proper wave and a smile. And I've just like given him like a casual. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I've just given like a casual. Tom Hanks with. Yeah, I've just given him a casual nod as I walk past. Like, <laughs> and I turn and I turn round and I can see him. And he's a man mountain. And I think, oh Christ, I've just walked, I've just completely mugged him right off. So <laughs> yeah, so similar. Maybe similar you just humbled him a little bit. Maybe he needed yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. maybe you know, Maybe he's been a bit too enthusiastic with his ways recently, and he needed to dial it back a bit. And maybe just he had to learn. As eventually, he's a young, he's a young person. He's excitable. He's, he's a Premier League player all of a sudden out of nowhere. And yeah, maybe maybe you just humbled him at the right time. Mate. You never know. You might have done him a favour. He's <laughs> played in the one. Champions League now. You know? That's it. Oh, he's made his Champions League debut now. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Uh, other transfer news, mate. Obviously, we have got Paul Hunton coming in. We've spoken about how a good side he's going to be but unfortunately he won't be able to be part of the first team for a little while um lewis bell's got out on loan to gretna 2008 that's in the scottish lowlands league um based off the fact that we'll go on to the loan reports in just a little bit mate but um based on the fact that we obviously know last week sam fishburne not playing a lot of football max gillespie not playing a lot of football at the levels that they're at is it acceptable to send the player of lewis bell's age and experience down to that level he has experience at this level, yeah, he's played in League Two before. I, I, I don't think you could argue that he's properly ready yet. I'd maybe like to, it's the same story with all these youth players. I feel like you could send them higher, but you risk in sending them to a higher level that they're just not going to play. So I feel like if you're gonna send them to send them out, send them out somewhere they're gonna get game time, even if it is at like a, because uh, I feel like when you get to a certain level. If you're sending somebody down to the eighth division, it's probably the about the same as if you send them down to the ninth and tenth because it's you. It's just people kicking the shit out of each other, isn't it? When you get down <laughs> to that down to that really low division sort of thing, and that's what they're there for. That's why playing Carlisle City was such a good thing for some of them young lads because it's not about playing at a, a level of quality. It's about playing men's football and about experience and open age playing against people who are just going to try and kick the shit out of you. And that's what they're there for. They're there to toughen them up. So I feel like it is a good loan move for him. And I think that's the that's the thinking behind it. And I think that's the it's the same thinking we'd send Sam Fishburne out to a similar level. As same when he went to Lancaster last season. Same with Max Kilsby. Uh, but that that I'd say that's probably the thought. It's just to toughen them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, Sam Sam Fishburne's got first team experience. Lewis Bell's got first team experience. I think Max has maybe played one or two cup games, or at least featured in and around the bench across the last two years. Obviously, being a left-sided player, you do get your opportunities sometimes a little bit easier because there's less left-sided players. I know that's a bit of a generalized yeah. statement, but when you need a left footer on the bench, you know sometimes you need a must. Um, but yeah, it's it's a case of this is even lower than the level that Max is at and the, and the level that Sam is at. So I really, really do hope he picks up some first-team experience. He's 19 years of age, so youth football is not going to do him any favours anymore. He needs to develop, you know, and he needs to be playing yeah. man's football. So it's it's not going to do any good for him hanging around at Carlisle United. So he may as well get out there and play. And I imagine it'll be one of those loan deals where he trains at Carlisle three days a week, then does the training one day a week with... Gretna and then plays the game on the Saturday with Gretna as well because I can't imagine that team being a full-time team they probably only train once a week probably so he's probably still training with the Carlisle youth team slash first team playing games at Gretna and being a part of the one or two training sessions a week that they have over there at Gretna and um, 
let's just hope he gets some minutes, mate, because uh, we'll move on to the loan watch a little bit later on. But it is, it's slightly better than last week. But anyway, more transfer news. And these are the lads that have been released. Jimmy Tiore signed a deal with Yorville Town and Danny Devine has signed a deal with Chester. I reckon that's pretty fair for what we got out of them last season. That's probably the level of football they can go in and make some kind of impact on. Danny Devine is at that age where it's really important that he starts to play a bit of football. And uh, yeah. Chester's a good footballing team. They're a defensive-minded team normally. You know, they've got a solid foundation there. Financially, they've normally been pretty solid over the years. And so to maintain that at that level of football where there's not big amounts of money coming in and there's not big amounts of money going out, but just to keep your head above water could be a challenge sometimes when you're not going for Am I right in thinking football. Lewis Gray's there as well? Lewis Thank you. Went to that. Is, is that where he is? Yeah. yeah. So ex Carlisle players there with him as well. I, I quite like yeah. Danny Devine. I thought he maybe could have got into like good National League squad, to be honest with you. But I think the thing that was keeping him back was that he was really, really slow. Like he didn't have the pace for to be a midfielder. And I think that's what held him back at Carlisle. And I think going down to that level, you know, it probably is what's best for him. It's one of the things that we were talking about with my dad today, actually, because uh, we were talking about John Mellish a lot. And it, the same thing kind of goes for Danny Devine. And you get caught in that catch-22 situation when you're a versatile player and you play a lot of right back and you then you end up playing a lot of like central midfield and then he played a bit of centre-back for his last season. It becomes harder to put an evaluation on somebody that's such a, a utility player when they're not playing week in, week out. You know, it just on paper, it doesn't read very well. And like we, we were kind of saying about John Mellish is that John Mellish has been around here a long time now and there seems to be rumours every now and again that somebody's going to come in and buy John Mellish and I don't think that's ever going to happen there's no disrespect no. to him I feel if it was going to happen it would have happened when he was scoring goals that January that would have been the time to cash in yeah well there was a big link with Sunderland that season wasn't there like and, yeah. he, and he even even was quite open that he's a Sunderland fan that he wants to go there we we got him for, I think we had to pay a little bit of money to Gateshead when we first got him mm. and, I, and I remember there was there was a weird, weird rumour that I, was it like who were going to buy him for like um, it was it maybe it was Sunderland again but I've, I've got Leeds in mind for some reason that they were going to pay like 400 grand for him so daf- Bolton Bolton it was they were going to pay like 400 Bolton, grand for him and daft. I think yes and I, I thought that's never going to happen and if it is I'll drive him there myself I absolutely love John Mellish but it's definitely <laughs> not worth that much you know like yeah and, 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 and as well with John Mellish I feel like He's been here for quite a long time now, and you need that kind of player. Like he was under, he was under Presley, Beach, uh, Millen, Skelton a few times, and now you know because I saw I saw a chart on one of the League Two sort of social media accounts, longest serving player at every club, and he was he was our longest serving player, and we're right down at the bottom of that league for having like longest serving players because all our players seem to be on like one two year deals, and he yeah. is that bit of consistency. Over well, the last few we years, this, this is what me and my dad were saying. It's like, like the only reason we keep hold of him really is he does well enough for us, and we know what he can do. And he goes through phases with managers where, like, he has a good run at centre back, and then he sits on the bench for a bit. He has a good run in the midfield and sits on the bench for a bit. He has a good run at right back and sits on the bench for a bit. You know, he, he has these stop start, but because he's getting moved around the pitch so often, it will be incredibly hard for any other team to put any kind of value on him as a player because it's like is he worth like 50 grand as a left back but like then he's maybe worth like 85 grand as a centre back but then he maybe if a midfielder he's worth 100 like it's just an absolute mess but like we know he's popular around here 
a lot of fans do like him. So if you offer him a contract, it's always going to be good like for the fans. And that's kind of what happened last season when he did get offered the big contract. It was kind of to sort of get the fans off off the boards back a little bit because they were getting a yeah, lot of criticism at that time. Yeah, they were getting a lot of criticism at the time. They signed up Callum Guy as well, John Mellis at the same time, both the two-year deals, got them. But it was, it was a feel-good play at a time where... Carlisle United board really needed a feel-good play because they, they were getting criticised from all angles and, and the team was spiralling, spiralling and just looking poorer and poorer. Um, but, again, it's always going to be hard to put a value on John Mellish. This isn't supposed to be about John Mellish. You've gone on a big old tangent about John Mellish. But Jimmy <laughs> Teore, somebody, obviously, Wills isn't here to defend, his, uh, defend one of his favourites this time. Jimmy Teore is somebody, for me... At that Carlisle City game, that was my sort of like final call on him. That was kind of sort of like, this is not the sort of personality that's going to work under Paul Simpson. Like he didn't want to be there. And yeah, like I don't think deep down inside, even I wanted to be there, to be honest. Like it's not a lovely stadium or anything. But like at the end of the day, I love Carlisle United. So I was there, you know, like, and so yeah. like he should, he's getting paid to feel that way or at least pretend to feel that way. But the way that he had to go at Fishburne, the way that he had to go, he's not a captain type. So it's not, constru- it's not constructive criticism. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't instructive. It wasn't sort of like next time, have a look over your left shoulder kind of thing. It was just sort of like arms in the air. Sam, what are you doing, man? Do you know what I mean? Like really yeah, just sort of like, yeah. And this is Guildford Park, mate. There's like 250 people there, max. You can hear everything. Like you can. Yeah, hear it's everything. not like a captain shout. It's like a spoiled sort of to- toddler tantrum it sort was. of shout. You know, it was, yeah, and he needed kind of the fitness at the time because he was coming back from from injury or whatever. Like, so he needed the fitness at the time. He needed to pick up some minutes, and he needed to play. He was some always games. going back from injury. Like yeah, I swear for these entire Galaka, he was always coming back from injury, and he was always pissing back off to France every once in a while, wasn't he? Just because he felt yeah. homesick. Part, part of it, the Oville move, and then he put it on social media as well. That'd annoy people. They'd be like, like he'd tag himself in like the Sport Center Sportifco or something like in Paris. Yeah, put it on yeah. his social media, and Carlisle fans are go fucking mental, thinking like, where are you going to be on Saturday then? It was like when Harry McCurdy played for us, and he, he went to a Chelsea game when he was meant to be injured or something like that. It's like, you know, you, you just don't do these things. And if you're going to do them, didn't boast about it on social yeah. media. Yeah, exactly. Mental decisions. Common sense. Yeah, just exactly. Common sense, man. Just some common sense. But like, I think Jimmy Teore, if he can stay fit, can boss that level of football. A team like Yeovil is technically a lot closer to home. <laughs> like, technically a lot closer to home. And, um, I mean, it, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely fine, man. Life, <laughs> life continues. Liam just has to go on mute there for a, for a conversation with somebody. But we're all good. We're back in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I think Jimmy Teori is going to do fine at that level, don't you? I wish him all the best. Yeah, yeah, give me to a uh... I, I just didn't think he could. He, he looked good when he first came, but I just don't think he had that finishing touch. He was one of them players that was far too flash and didn't have the end product. You see them a lot at this level. Like, like Bahambula was that towards the end of his olden career. Like, you know, you just, you can do the step overs, you can do the little flicks and tricks, but at the end of the day, you can't score a goal, can you? So I'll bring him there's in, no bro. point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'd bring him in to see if he could do it for a couple of weeks for us. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> like, I would, for us, I would that'd be. Oldham, Oldham, 
kind of there for a while. Everything that they did that was good came through Batambula for a while, you know. And it was, and like in this team, we don't need him as much. So like if he's not performing, we can just take him out the team. So I don't think you know, I reckon that'd be a good signing. But he's, he's gone somewhere else and he got released and went somewhere else. I think I remember speaking to an Oldham fan about Batambula asking about because because this was when I, I was saying the exact same thing and it's it's always stuck with me that conversation where it's just like he's clearly got the skill it reminds me of gimme Toure for you lot that's what he said where he just he, his attitude absolutely stinks so I think I, I don't think Paul Simpson would want him too much so yeah I, I, maybe he wouldn't maybe he wouldn't give him the wages that he'd want to come here <laughs> Well, that's it. Jimmy Tiro has finally found a new club this week. He was training with Yeovil Town. He signed on a dotted line. And uh, he's obviously a lot closer to France. So it'll be easier for him to nip backwards and forwards. It won't be as big of a deal for him, probably, to go backwards and forwards. You could do it in the space of 24 hours if you really wanted to nip home for a night. You know, it wouldn't be a huge yeah. deal just to get on the ferry kind of crack, probably. But yeah, good for him. Good move for him. Good move for Yeovil Town. Good move for Danny Devine. Good move for Chester. So hats off to everybody. In that situation, Lone Watch will move on to now. And obviously, last week, things were a little bit disappointing. This week, things are looking a little bit better for start Max Gillespie got off the bench um, unfortunately he couldn't do anything to stop Dumbarton from uh, from beating Annan by four goals to nil uh, Max only coming off the bench in the 80th minute in replacement of a centre-back so you know Peter Murphy giving the guy yeah. a couple of minutes but it's a it's a throwaway couple of minutes in it it doesn't mean anything they haven't started the season well, Annan, you know. And it, I think it says a lot about Owen Moxon, how they've performed this season. Like, you take him out of the team and they've just started losing games every week. And, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how he comes on and whether he, he eventually does get his start. But, yeah, look, Annan aren't particularly playing well at the minute and Peter Murphy needs to get his act together over there, I think. Because it's, it's a club that, because we've had so many loan players there and, and we've had players from them, it's one I keep my eye on. Um I think Josh Galloway's there as well, ex Carlisle player. But I just want, I just want him to start playing a lot more games, Gillsby, because I think he, I think, because I remember watching him in preseason. I think he has got some. Like I do actually quite rate Max Gillsby. Like I, he was quite good in preseason. I remember the one at, at well, I mean, a lot of our players look good against Penrith because it's no disrespect to Penrith, <laughs> but it's Penrith. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, yeah, it's but he looked very good. Pitch, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. But that's the only. After decent thing about Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But uh, I mean, like Sam Fishburne got to play a few more minutes for um, Blythe Spartans, but couldn't stop those guys from losing two goals to nil away at Kings Lynn. I, I mean, it's good to see him. He's travelling up and down the country a little bit now. You know, like Kings Lynn's not exactly on your doorstep. It's at least a, a little bit of travelling to do. So he's going to get used to a little bit of grind week in, week out. And um, he, he he looked fiery, apparently, according to the Blythe Spartans Twitter page. They do little updates on highlights and match comments and stuff like that while the match is going on, like a live match report kind of thing. And it's the closest thing you're ever going to get to Blythe Spartan highlights. So um, I've seen Sam Fishburne popped up with two chances and nearly assisted somebody as well. So he's, he's getting amongst it. And he came mm, off the bench yeah. in the... 65th minute, so you've got 10 more minutes compared to last week, so going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, just needs to get that first goal, and then he'll be off like he was at Lancaster. I, re- I remember the, the 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 Sam Fishburne loan watch on this podcast about it 
was it one or two years ago when he was just scoring every single week? He just <laughs> needs to get back to doing that. It's, it's easier it said be. than done, but he just needs to start getting start doing that again, you know. That's it. <laughs> Which That's he's capable it. of doing. Yeah. He is, he is, he is. And I think he will get back to it. I really do. I think he just needs a 90. I said this, I've said this uh, when he was playing at Carlisle United, even when, when Millen was giving him a couple of chances off the bench. He's not an off the bench attacker. He's not an impact sub. That's not the kind of player he is. He's the sort of striker that needs to grind down defences. You can't do that in half an hour or 20 minutes. You need a full 90 to grind down the defence and make get them to make mistakes and step on toes and be a bit more physical and faster, you know, and... Yeah, you can't do that as an impact sub off the bench. He's not got the lightning quick pace to be that kind of impact sub. Do you know what I mean? And um, I really hope yeah. he gets to start yeah. a couple of games in the future. I really do. So, that, I mean, as far as loan watch goes, that's it for now. But obviously, I'm going to do my best to try and find any kind of details on Lewis Bell, uh, who's gone out <laughs> on loan, uh, I think, till the end of the season, I believe. I think it's a season-long loan. Six like, months it is. Six ah, so long, Lewis long, Bell. That's yeah. it, that's it. Six months loan, a six months loan. Stay out my fucking uh, DMs, other podcast. Liam corrected me there. I don't need <laughs> you to correct me. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Um, we'll move on to the injury update. And, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of injuries. And, um, there's a lot, yeah. Ob- obviously, we've now came to understand a little bit more about Paul Simpson's management style and the way that he releases injury news. If an injury does happen sort of through the week... You won't know about it until Monday, us as fans or them as opposition. You know, he doesn't tell people about fresh injuries until the game's already happened. So you can't plan anything based around certain injuries. Very smart management, very smart management. So most of the injury news came out on Monday and has came out this morning, this morning also being Monday. So it's, it's, it's you know, it, it is what it is. But the, uh, the big news is, of course, that Ben Barkley is going to be out for up to eight weeks with an ankle ligament in injury and Morgan Feeney is thankfully looking closer to about 10 days to two weeks before he's back in the first team. Now, obviously, we didn't necessarily know too much about these injuries until the signing of Paul Huntington and then it came out that he wasn't going to get rushed into the first team regardless of the injuries that have happened in certain areas. We'll move on to how we feel Corey Whelan filled in on the day. Um, we'll move on to that in a bit. But Do you know what says a lot about Corey Whelan there? The way you've just <laughs> phrased that sentence. When you, when you said about him filling in, he was the point of, he was the talking point there, not Jack Ellis. Jack Ellis was the one that impressed of a... Because the one that's being questioned is our senior centre-back, Whelan. You haven't questioned Jack Ellis there at all. And I think that's just, uh, that says a lot, yeah, doesn't it? It does. I mean, Jack, Jack, Jack did have a good game, but obviously we'll, we'll, we'll cover things in, 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 the, uh, in the match report. But yeah, it was, it was one of those uh, positions where we were going to look a little bit weak because of these injuries. But thankfully, Morgan Feeney's going to come back a little bit uh, further ahead of schedule. With those two injuries, mate, uh, obviously both affecting our defensive positions, do you feel like, like you've just mentioned there, Jack Ellis and, and Corey Whelan, do we have enough about us to survive the next couple of games without them? Yeah, we've got enough to survive. It's just it's just the fear of one more injury, you know, and it depends when Paul Huntington does come into it because right now you haven't got a backup centre-back at all. You know, I'd, I'd argue we've got six centre-backs now and our first choice free when everyone's fit are all unavailable. I would argue that it's Huntington, Feeney and Barkley that are our strongest back free when everyone's fit. That's what I would start. 
none of them are going to be available for the next couple of games. So I think Jack Ellis is more than capable, and I think he, he looked absolutely brilliant on the right side of that back three. I think Corey Whelan, I like him, but I just think he's a bit slow. Like there was one instance when one of the Swindon players was running off on goal uh, in the last match. He just completely, absolutely blitzed him. Whelan got nowhere near him. I think it might have, might have even been Harry McCurdy. And John Mellish, I always, I, you can always rely on John Mellish to do a job wherever you want him. You know, I've, I've seen him play at striker with Sam Fishburne once. I've seen him play midfield, scoring goals. I've seen him play both sides of full-back and I've seen him play centre-back now. So I, I've got no worries about him. But it would just be Whelan for me, I think. And and, and, and I think for, for two games, if he's your sixth-choice centre-back, then you've got a very good, you know, you've got a very good set of centre-backs. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, like, like obviously, well, I'll talk about it now, whatever. Um, like, I was surprised that we stuck with the same formation and risked, like, a young lad like Ellis having a poor game because it could have ruined his confidence. Now, obviously, I'm not there at training week in, week out. And Paul Simpson's obviously seen enough about Ellis to say, get him in the first team. Whelan got given the armband. I feel like Simo, again, being a really good man management person, knew that Whelan needed that armband because he needed to give that defensive back line a clear and decisive captain. So Mellish and Ellis knew where they were looking for positioning, for instruction. And therefore, you know, Whelan got given that because if he didn't, then I think Mellish might have run a bit rampant and had a bit of a go at everybody because he can be a bit of a bulldog sometimes and a bit of a mourner. And after that first goal went in against us, uh, at Swindon, I think if Mellish was maybe in charge at that time, Whelan's confidence would have crumbled, Ellis's confidence could have crumbled, and we could have been eating goals for breakfast. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about it when we get to the match report. I'll get through the injury news update. Ryan Edmondson's going to be out for 10 days. There's a uh, fluid build-up on his hip, which is a weird injury for a 21-year-old. Um, but, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> sports science. Yeah, I don't it's know, it's like, like something your nan gets or something, isn't it? Like... Yeah, <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird injury. It, feel, it sounds like a weird injury for a footballer to get. But, I mean, that's that, that's horrible after he got off his goal-scoring mark against Shrewsbury. So, obviously, people were hoping for him to get onto a bit of a roll. And, obviously, he hasn't. But there'll be a small little Shrewsbury match report thing. We'll sort of talk about it a little bit. And, um the big news about people coming back from injury is that Taylor Charters is going to be back in training this week. Uh, he'd be looking like he's going to be pushed into contention for the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Papa John's Trophy game against the Manchester United on the 23s. And uh, Toby Shaw Silver, obviously still out. That's going to be between four and five weeks left on his injury. And obviously, Brennan Dickinson is still out for the foreseeable future. That's the injury news. Same with Josh Dixon as well. That's right. Josh Dixon's also out for the foreseeable future as well. I always forget because he's been um, in last season. What's the other one called? Joel Senior. That's the one. Uh, I always well. forget about those because they were injured from last season. I've got to start making yeah. notes with their names on because then I'll start writing them down more regularly. <laughs> but like, the injury news update, eventually Paul Simpson will talk about one of them coming back from injury and then they'll get the mention. They'll be the forgotten man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for those fresh those fresh little updates on the end there. I mean, Carlisle United played against Shrewsbury Town in the Cabarau, Cabarau, Cabareno Cup. Uh, we lost 3-2 against a team from the division above us. They're a decent team. Uh, they looked all right on the day. We looked good on the day as well. Uh, it was a bit of a choppy change lineup. line-up. There was obviously uh, niggling injuries and changes that just had to be made um, in order to keep people fresh. 
Sonny Hilton played. Jaden Harris uh, made his first start. Amari Patrick made his first start as well. Um, this is the game when Ben Barkley went down injured, unfortunately. <sighs> yep, same with Edmondson. Yeah, and Edmondson as well. It was a good game, mate, for us. I mean, they're from a, a, a team from a division above, there's not really real prize money at this point of the competition. Obviously, the next stake is maybe getting a chance to play against a, a, like a championship team, and then after that, the Premier League teams come in, is it? I think they're... I'm not sure. So every, I, everyone I think that's Shrewsbury drew Burnley. It? Yeah, it's everyone yeah, that's it's not in Europe. Like yeah. yeah, everyone that's not in Europe is in the next round. And then after that, everyone that's in Europe is also involved, I think, by Which round Which means three. more this season because of that shitty little conference, Europa Conference Leagues, because they're not in it this season as well. So there's more teams that aren't going to be in the, this round, you know, for the for the foreseeable future. There's I think this buys. round, I think, you, yeah, I think you could get, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Premier League teams are in the next round. Mm, mm. I mean, like, I mean, there, there we go. There we go. I mean, it's, 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 no one really seems to care that much. We put in a good performance, though, didn't we? Yeah, I, I thought I thought we were good. I thought the goals... There's nothing you can do about the free kick. It was an absolutely brilliant free kick. But Simo said it was one... goals as well? There was like the, the, yeah. the winning goals from a set piece as well? I think it was like second phase from a set piece, ball had gone yeah. in, come back out, cross back in, sort of thing. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. But Paul Simpson said... It was one of the worst refereeing performances he's ever seen. You know, wow. I couldn't watch it because for some reason the EFL decided not to make it available to watch for whatever reason. Stupid. Mm. Um, and I, I, I tried to get down, but I couldn't. I couldn't get down to Shrewsbury on the day. Um, but um, yeah, and and the free kick probably shouldn't have been given that they scored their opening goal from. And if, even if they should have been given that, we had a free kick denied pretty much right before it. That was definitely a free kick according to Paul Simpson. So it's just unlucky referee. And, and he, But Paul Simpson made a very good point. He said, the referees were dreadful today, but it wasn't because of them that we lost. Like, it was just lapse in judgment from a few of our players in, with the goals. It was just a little defensive mistakes that when you play in a team from the league above, they're going to pounce on and they're going to make the most of. But yeah, it's just unfortunate. And I think it's three years in a row now where we've gone out in the first round of the EFL, of that of the Carabao Cup or whatever you want to call it. It's disappointing, but it's not It's not the end of the world. No, I'm sure we had a, a number of chances in the first half as a result of some mistakes by the Carlisle defence and probably should have been um, like 3-1 up before the end of the first half kind of thing. They, 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 had, a, they had some really good chances. And, and uh, I mean, Hoyley made a really good save at one point. And there was an absolute, I think it was a half volley and he just managed to get over and not just like get in front of it but he held it and it was a really yeah, like, strong so shot he showed, he's grown some really good hands totally. has he his distribution yeah. let him down against Swindon I think his distribution once again let him down against Swindon but, I think, but I think Swindon he made some brilliant saves like there was the one on one with yeah. Harry McCurdy that he was absolutely brilliant with and I, I just think he's, he's a lot better at shot, shot stopping than the first four you just want to get that both sides of the game though don't you you want to get yeah. that distribution side down a little bit better I don't think he's a terrible goalkeeper I don't think he's that good coming off his line I'll be honest. Like when he leaves his box, he seems to be a bit sort of like, oh, I can't use my hands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's always room to work with goalkeepers. <laughs> there's always room to work with goalkeepers. Um, but a great goal 
for Ryan Edmondson to get on the end of a really nice sweeping move from Carlisle United. It seems to be the sort of goal Paul Simpson wants to score lots of. It's the one-two play, get it down the line, get a low cross into the six-yard box and get one of those strikers like Dennis or Edmondson to stick it in the back of the net. I mean, what do you think that's going to mean for Edmondson's confidence? Because obviously now he's gone on to get the knock. Do you think that kind of thing's going to affect him? Or do you think when he comes back, he's going to be even more keen to get on the score sheets? I think it was important because... I think he would have been really frustrated if he started the season quite well, didn't get a goal, and now he's lost his place in the starting eleven through injury. Because you've got three very good strikers there in Patrick, Edmondson and uh, and Dennis. And I feel like Paul Simpson's plan was always Edmondson and Patrick up top. But with Dennis coming in and just, for some reason, scoring every single game, it's you cannot drop him. Yeah, four and four, you cannot drop that. That man now, uh, still none for Callum Guy, I might add. But, what was the um... highest goal scorer last year? <laughs> no, yeah, no for Callum Guy. Yeah, well said. <laughs> like, what was the highest goal scorer last year? Gibson with like nine or eight. I think it. I think it was Patrick with seven or eight, something like that. Because it was Gibson yeah. for the longest time, but then Patrick went and scored a few right towards the very end of the season. I think mm. they were pretty neck and neck, but nobody reached double figures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think it'd be hard for Dennis not to reach double figures at this point. Well, he'd have to get a bad injury, wouldn't he, for him to do that? You know, touch wood, that doesn't happen. But you know, he, 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 at the moment, and I looked on the goal scoring sheets. He's not even top goal scorer in the league. That's mad. There's, a, there's one of the late morning geezers, or was it maybe Warsaw? He's got four. <laughs> you know, and I, he's got three in the league. But yeah, he looks good. And, and you know what, as well? They're not scrappy, shitty goals either. They're no, all like he's quite a classy good goals. finisher. Yeah, he's a very classy finisher. The really nice ball through again. I wanted to mention, obviously, the goal that Dennis did score against against Chesterfield. When obviously we're doing the match report, is the um Swindon. beautiful, beautiful ball through from Moxon. Oh, um, Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah, not Chesterfield. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, Chesterfield. I don't know why I said Chesterfield. Sorry, Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. That was weird. But no, it was, good. it was good. And do you know what? It was. It's the kind of goal that we didn't score last season. Every single goal last season was a shitty deflection or like a... <laughs> like like a, a dodgy corner or something like that. We're scoring football goals now. We're scoring lovely cross, lovely head, a lovely cut back, lovely finish. We're not scoring like... Like we can actually score proper goals now. Because I remember last season we were just getting like... Set piece scrambles, jammy, and, jammy deflections yeah. and stuff like that, and that's the only yeah. way we could score goals. Probably, but it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice to see that we're scoring proper goals. Yeah, it's just amazing to see Moxon again, man, just consistently getting the assists as well, picking those beautiful passes, like, like really cultured passes, the sort of passes Callum Guy was picking out like like two years ago. Like these are the kind of thing Moxon's just just doing for fun at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, like what we both said, Carabao Cup. We're not too disappointed. We'll move on to the Swindon match report, which is going to be the classic match report for this episode. The uh, the match report that will obviously give you the Carlisle United starting lineup for. There was Hoyley and Nets back, Ellis, Whelan, Mellish, and Armour across the back line. Gibson guy, Moxon in the midfield. Patrick and Dennis up front. Now, obviously, Liam, we've already spoken about this team being affected a lot by injuries and Ellis having to come in and fill in at centre-back. I mean, to me, that was a bit of a surprise. Last week on the podcast, when we had Wills joining us, I did sort of think that if there was going to be some injuries in the defensive line, 
rather than creating frailties in this formation, we might switch formations to a 4-3-3 and we all had a bit of a laugh and decided, well, actually, that's a 4-2-4. But anyway, I, I didn't think we were going to play a back five, mate. I didn't. Uh, was it a surprise for you with those injuries that we did play a back five and Ellis was a part of that three? It, I thought we were going to play a back five, but I had a really strong feeling that we were going to play armour at centre-back and maybe put somebody else out on the left. That's what I thought would happen because I, I think... Jack Ellis is a really good player and he showed that at the end of last season and obviously against Swindon. But I didn't. I thought it might have been a tough game to throw him in against because I think, as much as I despise the little prick, Harry McCurdy is an absolutely brilliant footballer, isn't he? And they've got, yeah. what's he called? That Welsh international they've got on the other side. Uh, Johnny Williams, that's what he's called. You know, he could yeah. potentially be going to the World Cup in December. They've got two very good wingers. And they, that could be hard to deal with, but he dealt, he dealt with it perfectly fine. I thought Whelan was the one that struggled the most, and even then, it was only one or two good chances for Swindon. I thought Jack Ellis was absolutely brilliant, and he's only 18. Like I looked, I was expecting him to be like 20 or something like that, but he's 18. You know, he's, he's, he's my age. You know, <laughs> he's, he's turned on the pitch, and he, I think, oh Christ, you know, like. But yeah, he played brilliantly, and I feel like if he continues to play like this, we could have a bit of a Jared Brandwhite situation on our hands. He's not quite as tall as Jared was, but he he looks just as composed and as you know, he, he looks like he's been playing league football for years. That's that's always the sign of a good youth player for me because I feel like there's a lot of youth players that come through, they show a little bit of quality, but they they get knocked off the ball too easily or something like that. Like what I like what I thought Lewis Bell was when he first came in. You know, he shows them little flicks of quality, but he he doesn't look as composed. That's what really makes me excited about Lewis Bell because I see I saw that with him. And the last time I've seen that from a youth player was maybe Jared Branthwaite, Taylor Jarrett, you know, them two are the ones that come to mind. He looks like a, he's, a, he's a very good quality, League Two quality centre-back already at such a young age. And I'd be surprised if we keep him in January. I mean, we want to get a contract under his nose, Sharpish. <laughs> we want to get him exactly. outside rather yeah. Sharpish. Yeah, you want to get that two-year deal under his nose now. Give him a nice little pay rise. Give him a give him a proper contract, basically, because not only does he have value as a right back, now he's got value as a centre back as well. And like you said, teams do look to us for talented youngsters. They do. We get we get talented youngsters taken off us almost every two to three years, it seems to be. And uh, this might be another one of those cases. And let's cash in on it as much as possible if it is one of those cases and I mean Jack I hope you, your development just continues to kick ass mate I really do I really do <laughs> um, as far as the match itself went mate Carlisle didn't necessarily get off to the best start we went down by a goal in the 90th minute and it was a bit of a weird one to be honest um, the ball came forward yeah the ball came forward into the Carlisle half and there was a there was a bit of a weird sort of collision uh, when McCurdy went down, the referee gave nothing, but everyone kind of just stood still for a while. And uh, maybe Callum Guy was thinking the referee was also going to blow his whistle, but he got caught napping and uh, the ball was taken from Callum Guy and the attacker got away and scored. Really disappointing did, stuff. Yeah. Really disappointing stuff, mate. But, I mean... <sighs> It's League Two, isn't it? Sometimes this kind of shit just happens. It happened to Barkley last week. Someone makes a mistake and we can see the goal. It, 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 it seems to happen a lot. And you don't really want to get anyone's back too much for it because it's a weird goal. Like, it's, it's, it's weird the way everyone just kind of thought the referee was going to blow for a foul, but he never. Like, Do you think that was a foul, that collision? Do you remember that little collision that led up to it between McGurdy and I think Mellish? 
no, well, McCurdy's a diving little gay, and he tried to cheat the he tried to cheat the entire match, didn't he? You know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, you know, I I can't really comment on that because I'm never gonna take McCurdy's side in a in a collision with John Mellish, am I? But like, <laughs> it really, do you know, it, I, I, it really frustrated me because Callum Guy tries to do this a lot now, and I've noticed it with him this season. He backs into players with no intention of driving forward with the ball. He's just trying to win free kicks, and it, and he did that again, and that's what he was trying to do. He backed into the player. Trying to get fouled, but the referee did. If the referee doesn't give it, you're left wide open at the back. And mm. as that defensive midfielder, he's sort of he's he's, tr- he's sitting there trying to take on two players, trying to get fouled, and, it, it, and, and you can't do that on the on the edge of your own box. Like I thought it was such a stupid mistake. Like I got overly angry at that. I'm not even gonna lie. At the stadium, I was like, "Take him off now." You know, that's that's a disgrace. Looking back, I was a bit harsh, but you know. He shouldn't have been doing that. And for 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 an experienced midfielder, and I would I would class Callum guys that now. He's he's played league football for quite a few years now. He's an experienced midfielder. He shouldn't be doing stuff like that. I don't think. No, it was it was uncharacteristic from Callum Guy, but it was also weird the way that everyone kind of reacted after the foul on McCurdy, the referee not giving it. It was everything kind of stood still for a second, and like some players were thinking "let's go," and some players were just sort of stood still waiting for the whistle to go, and it just creates that weird balance. If more of their players are turned on to the situation than your players are in the moment, then you're going to get caught on the break, and that's kind of what happened. But Carlisle answered back quite fiery and. Um, Created an opportunity down the right-hand side. Nice little one-two um, back, getting down the right-hand side again, being really competitive against we, uh, Williams on a number of occasions, like you mentioned, Welsh International. Puts the ball into the box and just outside the six-yard area, you would have thought oh, Patrick O'Mahony is going to open his uh, account for the season. But he skied it. He skied it. Is this ring rust, mate? What's this? Like, what's... <laughs> What's, what's Patrick's problem? Because I realised that when, even when he was on the ball in the early stages of the first half, he couldn't take anyone on either. He couldn't seem to beat his man. I thought, I thought he played better than what he did against Shrewsbury. I think he was really rusty in the Shrewsbury game. So I think he's just getting back to match fitness. Yeah. But that miss, I don't, I don't understand how he's done it because like people say it and they don't really mean it. But I just got that. You know, like classic thing to say when you're watching football with your mates. But like, I genuinely believe, put me in that position, a yard out with the ball at my feet. You know, you you, you put that in, don't you? And it was like it's a Raheem Sterling level miss, you know, where he somehow managed to get it over the bar from a yard out. I couldn't do that if I tried. I don't think. I don't, I'm I'm not entirely sure how he's done it to be honest with you, because it's easier <laughs> in that position to score. He like, just if, rolled no, it in the bottom left corner. Why has he gone for the top yeah. right? It makes no sense. Yeah, and and as well. I wouldn't even mind it if it was like what Ryan Edmondson did on the first game of the season where he gets the ball and the keeper smothers it. I'd, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't mind that. But he has, how do you miss the target from there? Like if the keeper saves it, fair enough, but at least get it on target from there. And, I, and I feel sorry for him. Yeah. Because I think he put maybe a statement out on Twitter, right didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did apologise about sitting and missing. <laughs> um but, I mean, yeah, I mean, he took it with his right foot instead of his left foot, which is weird for him as well, because if he just rolled it in with his left foot into the bottom corner, he would have scored. But he's gone to sort of square his body and then hit it with some force with his right foot. And he's just skied it, man. He's just skied it. And, yeah, like you said, he has apologised, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a part of the Twitterverse, but I did hear that there was there was an apology kind of made there. Was it an apology or was it just a, a statement of what happened? No, he, 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 he quote retweeted the uh, full-time result and just said, sorry, my bad. 
I score that sitter, we get three points. And then he put the boys didn't deserve that result or something like that. And I felt uh, a bit sorry for him. And, and everyone uh, was very supportive in the comments. So I, I did feel a bit sorry for him. And, and on you not being on Twitter, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Me <laughs> on Twitter? Dreadful place. I just oh, wouldn't dread recommend Twitter. Dreadful place. Oh, for anyone, you mean? Just for anyone, yeah. There's not, <laughs> I'll stay not, off Twitter. Not a great site. <laughs> I'll stay off Twitter. I'll stay off Twitter. Um, I mean, after that miss, Carlisle got a chance right towards the end of the first half and Callum Guy kind of redeemed himself in the build-up. He managed to bring the ball down uh, between two uh, midfielders and get the ball into Gibson. Gibson found a beautiful run that was made by Dennis and Dennis with a couple of touches it's just a really experienced striker's finish. It looks nice, mate, doesn't it? And it, it, it was a good yeah. finish from Dennis and a nice bit of play. And again, a proper footballer's goal, isn't it? Yeah, it was a nice finish. And we missed far too many of, it, of them one-on-one chances last season. And it was nice to see us score it. And what I noticed as well is when he went through on goal, I expected him to score it. Like last season, I thought, oh, how's he, how's he going to miss it this time? But, you know, I expected Dennis to put that away this time. And it was a lovely finish. And the keeper got anywhere near it. It was a lovely, lovely goal. He took it really well. But I think the pass from Cal- the Callum Guy pass to Gibson and the Gibson pass to Dennis, they were both brilliant. And the way Dennis got into that room to beat the offside trap, because that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to catch him offside. Didn't work. Onside. Brilliant football and goal. It was just it was a good goal that we wouldn't have scored last season. Yeah, and just a, just a minute later, uh, Carlisle pretty much from the from the kickoff somehow managed to get a, a free kick just within the Swindon half during the the injury time, the added time of the first half. And uh, I mean, the the first ball into the box was cleared, but then Gibson played a beautiful ball over the top. And like you've just said, there it's about beating the offside trap. And Dennis in this position. If he squares that into into, I mean, it is Whelan. Then Whelan <laughs> has a better chance of scoring. But he go he, he goes for goal, and when you've got a striker full of that kind of confidence, he hasn't placed it that well. He didn't go for the corner. He's just tried to sort of lob the goalkeeper. And uh, I mean, you don't mind your, your striker is on that kind of a hot streak going for goals in those situations, do you? I think. It was too high for him to sort of square it across goal. He could head it down for Whelan, but I think when you do that, you always there's always a big risk of it not coming off because headers aren't you can't sort of it's a very special skill to get headed dead on. Like if you'd have tried to square it, I think Whelan would have just run straight past it and it would have been two behind him. So I had no problem with him going for goal from there because I thought it was probably the right decision. But I would have probably liked it at the near post. Like I don't like it. He tried to do it other side of the keeper didn't he and that's what I think he should have done it near post and that's that would have made the difference I think it was a hard header to pull off to be fair to him and, he, and he's not the biggest man in the world is he Dennis so you know he, he doesn't often get them sort of headers he scored a brilliant header against uh is it Colchester we were aware yeah Colchester he scored a brilliant header there I'd like to see that but it, it's a chance that you, you can forgive him for missing when he scored four and four yeah, absolutely. Um, there, was, there was only a couple of chances in the second half. Things seemed to sort of like peter down a little bit. The crowd started to enjoy the whole jeering of McGurdy a lot more in the second half. Or maybe McGurdy had, had more to do in the second half. I don't think he did. But um, yeah, there was there was opportunities at both ends and uh, both teams not necessarily making the most of their opportunities. Jack Stretton missed a sitter and I don't think he apologised on Twitter in a situation where if he <laughs> left it 
Uh, I'm not sure who was coming in, but if he'd left it, that that lad had more of a chance of scoring than Jack did. And the reaction of the pair of them screams they both knew that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, in that situation, you've got a lad on loan. You're not a fan of the loan system. You'd much rather him <laughs> just left the ball for the... I think it was maybe even Moxon that was coming in to crack it. It would have been a great moment for Moxon to score in front of, uh, in front of the Warwick Road end. Um, it's... It, yeah, disappointing second half. We don't need to we don't need to criticize Jack too much, but they they, they sum themselves <laughs> up in their own reactions. Uh towards the end of the game, uh, after a couple of substitutions were made, there was a nice touch from McCurdy to set up his strike partner at the time who came off the bench and that big lad number nine looked a unit for them and he did create a lot of trouble in the last sort of 10 minutes for Carlisle, but it was smothered between Ellis and um and, and Hoyley. Um Ellis playing the full game and then having to, in the 70th, 60th minute, play against this huge unit who's fresh as a, as a daisy and just coming off the bench when you've been sweating your tits off for as long as he's been sweating his tits off. And we'll talk about how Carlisle United dealt with the heat on the day. It's uh, Swindon didn't do what we did. I don't think they fought ahead enough. Um, but it, it was fantastic, mate, from Ellis, wasn't it? Just like, even when with the, the challenges kept getting bigger for him and he kept answering them. Yeah, it was, nice, it was nice how we dealt with him because that number nine from Swindon, I like to think I'm fairly clued up with like the League Two scene and the players in it. Never heard of this man in my entire life. I genuinely, I'd never heard of him before. I looked no. him up after the game. He's just joined from like a Scottish Law League side. Like He, he doesn't right. have a Wikipedia page or anything like that. And it surprised me because he's 26. You expect them, you expect a player to have already been in the football league by that age if they're going to make it. But mm. you know, he, he was he was a big fella, that guy. Um, I can't remember his name now, but you know, it, they've given him the confidence of giving him the number nine shirt. So yeah, and he was just he was physical, wasn't he? And he was tall, which I thought might be a bit of a problem for Ellis because he's a centre back, but he's not the biggest centre back, you know. And he, and he's quite thin as well. Like, I, I I wouldn't think like, he, he handles. The physicality of League Two, but he's not that sort of defender that's going to be, you know, he's not he's not your Harry Maguire type of player where he just tries to bully you mean people in the air sort you mean of thing. He's a good player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's not he's not a Lewis Dunk type player then, where he, where he's just a big physical towering towering uh, centre back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was, there was chances at both ends of the pitch. Carlos' defence dealt with things quite well. The only sort of thing I zeroed in on in terms of like criticisms for individual performances on the day is that Patrick O'Mari maybe not as effective on the wide areas coming in, not being able to take on players, and his, his final ball into the third wasn't necessarily that good. And on occasion, after we got to a certain point... it. it Simo made the right substitution, basically. They needed to sort of like stop making Patrick keep hitting that same brick wall over and over again and just give him a break on, on the day that it was. Um, Carlisle United dealt with the heat, mate. They had like some sort of like big Toby ice baffy things that were full of ice and water and towels. And obviously when the water break was happening, the players passed around those towels and that was obviously lowering their body temperatures. The Swindon players not yeah. having the same luxury. Smart move from Paul Simpson once again wouldn't you say yeah it was it was smart from him I, I didn't I didn't see that to be honest with you I, I'm, I'm over on the pioneer stand and so mm. I couldn't quite see the, the water thing I wish you'd bloody give me one on the day Jesus Christ it was it was warm wasn't it it was really warm like, oh, and, like and I was in I was in the perfect perfect position as well where the sun 
was coming over the edge of the stand, but it was it was in it was on my legs, but not in my face, so I couldn't see. And it was like that for the pretty much the full match. I was just the right distance back to be able to watch the game and not have this one in my eye. But uh, yeah, what rose yeah. that? What rose that? Ei ei, because I, I like I like to I like to say because like it goes with the numbers. It's like it goes o one, so it's eio 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 that sort of thing. That's how if I anyone wants to stay out the sun but keep the legs warm, that's the role you want to be on. <laughs> 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 but that really well dealt with by Paul Simpson. Like a bit of initiative, really nice to see, and uh, really cool to see them dealing with the heat and. Like just, I've not seen it before. I don't think this this necessarily happens all the time. This kind of a heat wave during the football season, but you know they dealt with it really well. Now, in terms of man of the matches, mate, I know that Wills isn't here, um, but he has given us uh, a voice note with his with his man of the match on it. Now, if this sounds good enough through the microphone, uh, I'm just going to leave this bit in, and if it doesn't, obviously I'll have to find a way to patch in the voice recording. So obviously you can see I'm holding my phone to the microphone. I'm going to hit play. And we're going to hear Wills for the first time on the podcast. Hey, um, I don't know if you wanted me to just say the name of a player or give <laughs> a reason why I picked him as my man of the match. So I'll I'll leave a little bit of like a second pause between so that if you want to edit out part of it, you can do a bit more easily. <laughs> so, hi, I'm here in the Premier Inn, Manchester Airport, Runton Lane South. And... I'm just calling in with my man of the match for yesterday's game. Nicely done, So, Wills. my man of the match was Jordan Gibson. Oh. Uh, the reason why I picked Jordan Gibson is I think he was he was involved in a lot of our attacks. He assisted Christian Dennis's goal with a, you know, a really good a really good through pass. Um I think he was given the Bradford defenders problems all afternoon and um yeah i think i think this was um a really good game for him in you know what's looking like a really good season for him um so hopefully you know hopefully we can start putting some of the chances that is that him and other players you know um, hopefully we can start putting away some of the chances that him and the other midfielders are creating because we you know we really <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can start putting away some of the chances that him and the other midfielders are creating because if we've done that I think we should have won yesterday we created enough chances and John Gibson was a big part of that um, so yeah he's my man of the match um, thanks and have a good evening. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely young man. Oh, what a lovely young man Wills is. I mean, thank you very much for giving us your man of the match. I mean, Jordan Gibson uh, is, is, is somebody that I think I gave my first ever man of the match to this season. I'm just going to write down Wills' man of the match. Otherwise, there was no point in us, him sending us a lovely voice note from the uh, where, where Manchester Airport Premier Inn. Premier Inn. <laughs> you give us the exact address, you know. <laughs> He's on his way to Austria, I believe. Um, he's, he's a keen photographer, is Will. So uh, he's going he's gonna to be uh, taking loads of pictures of the beautiful Vienna, I believe. Um, so, I mean, there we go. He gave us Jordan Gibson for his man of the match. Who are you going for, mate? I think I can guess. Uh, go on, sleeping guess. Is it Ellis? It's not Ellis. Oh, okay. It's the man behind Ellis. It's t- I don't think you're going to agree with me here, but I thought Thomas Hawley had one of his best games in the Carlisle shirt. I know he hasn't had many games in the Carlisle shirt, but I- I've had my doubts about him, and he really filled me with confidence. You know, he, he had wow. one moment where he where he he's done it in a couple of games now where 
he tries to volley the ball and it just goes like two foot in front of him or something like that. He's done it a few times now. But uh, <laughs> but I thought he made some brilliant saves and I thought he was really solid all game. And and for, you know, big goalkeeper playing well, he's intimidating. And I thought like, although we had the better chances, they had some good chances as well that another keeper wouldn't have saved, you know. So I think Thomas Holly is going to be my man of the match. I understand Jordan Gibson, but I think a lot of his best work happened in the second half. I don't think he was quite at it. Because I remember there was a period at the end of the first half where we did, we did end up. Um, I think we think we did we did end up scoring in the end, but we just looked really frustrated. And John Gibson, I thought, put a few passes wrong, and then he really upped his game in the second half. But I think it, he's definitely up there, Jordan Gibson. But I'm going to have to give it to Thomas Hawley, I think. Yeah, I think you both made really good arguments for your individual players. Like I said, I mean, like for Thomas Hoyley, yeah, yeah, probably was his best game in the Carlisle shirt, but like that's only because he made less mistakes than he's previously done. He's yet to have a perfect game. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit nitpickly (laughs) there. I will be a little bit nitpickly there. The person I've gone for my man of the match is somebody that I think like he's he's been so consistent for his recently, and maybe it's not necessarily yet the man of the match but like he did score the goal that gave us the point and he's been really consistent for us uh he's been the main attacking outlet and he was sort of in this game in terms of getting shots on goal and uh, it's 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 Dennis for me mate I'm gonna give Dennis my man of the match uh this time around just because I feel like he's kind of earned it and not been given uh it yet so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him it this time around mate and um we're going to look ahead to the following week's fixtures. Tomorrow night we play Grimsby, and uh, obviously on Saturday we're going to be playing Stevenage. Uh, just, let's have your match predictions for Grimsby and then Stevenage, mate. I think these two games could be very important in like indicating where we're going to finish this season because I think these are two very winnable games. I think Grimsby have just been promoted; they're looking quite good. But I think they are beatable. So I'm going to say Grimsby, we're going to beat 2-0 away from home. And who is the next one after that? Stevenage. Stevenage. I've never rated Stevenage in this league. No. So I'm going to say 2-1. I don't think we get two clean shoots in a row. 2-1, I'll go with. To, yeah. to Carlisle, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steven has just started off the campaign pretty well. Uh, they're just above Carlisle. They've got two wins and a draw. Also yet to be unbeaten. Uh, beating Tranmere and Stockport. Drawing against Walsall. And, uh, I mean, Walsall were flying when they started the season. So now they're both on seven points. I mean, it's you can't really say flying when you've only played three games so far in the season. <laughs> um, I predicted Steven to do quite poorly this season. And they've got off to a good start. But I still don't think they're going to have a good season because Barrow are just below them. So, like, what does it really matter at this point um, of the season in terms of league positions and how many points you really have at this point of the season? So, um, I reckon, you know, we're, we're going to beat Stevenage because we'll have more players back from injury and the, the, the lineup's going to look a little bit more solid. But I feel like he's going to have to make more changes midweek for the Grimsby game and Grimsby are a solid unit. I think, you know, the then players have had some success together and on that day, we might end up with a draw, but because it's the blue army podcast, we're going to beat Grimsby two, one, and we're going to beat Stevenage <laughs> two nil. That's what I'm going to say. Um, 
for me, when Hilton came off the bench as well on this game, and I'll say this just before we kind of do on this day, Sonny Hilton is somebody that had a lot of promise, and at the moment for me, he's just not he's just not sizing up, mate. Like I just don't think he's got classic the lone player, isn't he? Yeah, I just don't think he's got the physical. I'm glad that we didn't do a Zach Clough and sign somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, that's this is why I don't like the loan system though, because Sonny Hilton I still think could probably do quite well. I think he had a good part in Edmondson's goal at Shrewsbury. But it's another example of a Premier League young player that you get loaned in that obviously has some quality but just isn't physical enough. Like there's so many examples of that, like Sorensen, Mali, um, you know, there's there's loads. I think you get the odd good one like Simeu and Callum O'Hare a couple of years back, but the vast majority of loan players from these clubs, they come in and they just don't have the impact. And I feel like, and that's very, very harsh from me, four games into the season for Sonny Hilton. Like he could come good. But it is a worry. And that we haven't got two or three years, you know what I mean? We've got one season and you want him to be effective. And yeah, just I'm a bit worried about him and I'm a bit worried that it's one of those loan moves that might just eventually get cancelled because he's not playing enough games yeah. and Fulham want him to Fulham want him to be playing games, basically. So I mean we'll see how far it goes. I did want to bring it up because week in, week out, it's been it's been niggling away at me, mate. It's been niggling away at me. Right. Let's be reached towards my bookshelf because uh, like we've always said, we've got traditions here in the Blue Army podcast, and we like to sign off on something called On This Day. On this day in 1974, a crowd of 31,268 people saw Carlisle United take to the field at Stamford Bridge for their first ever game in the top flight. And they didn't disappoint as Bill Green and Les O'Neill shocked the London Giants by (laughs) netting two goals that gave the newcomers their unexpected win. I mean, that season we went on to sit on top of the top division for a little bit of time. But Liam Denwood, as we sign off today, my question for you is, do you think you're ever going to see Carla United play in the Premier League in your lifetime? Oh, very good question. No. Very, I I, I just can't say it. I think there's a big divide between the Premier League and the lower leagues. Like, the moment the Premier League became the Premier League and not the top division was a real sort of signifier of what's going to happen. Like, when they broke away from the EFL, that big divide came. And there's, you get the odd club like Bournemouth or Brighton that get, get really good owners in that come and, like, shoot you up the league. And look, there's a, very, there's a very small chance that some Saudi Arabian billionaire decides to take a punt on some really northern club. Like the, they like the novelty of having like a really obscure club in the north of England for some reason, and they decide to buy us, buy Mbappe or someone like that. You know? <laughs> I honestly, I honestly still think that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney takeover was meant for us, and that was the secret celebrity big deal millionaires that the board didn't reveal the identity of like two years ago. Maybe, maybe. But the thing is, I think that's that won't have, be as successful as people think it'll be either. You know. Because mm. they are, they're rich, but they're rich individuals. They're not rich as like a company, like a like a like an oligarch or someone like that. Like they make a lot of money from films and stuff like that, and their own brand. But that brand is very much them and not like a company sort of thing. So I think that mm. could go quite poorly in the long run. That Ryan Reynolds thing. It's nice. It's nice to, and you see the videos on, on online of them. Like I think it's the less extreme example 
of what them bloody crawly owners did, you know, when they put that video out. Like they've yeah. done they've put they've put comedic videos out, but they've done it properly. And I feel like I don't know, I think they're not gonna go up as high as some people think they will, like Premier League in six years or something like that. I think Rex will probably get into League Two next season, but I think that's maybe as high as it can go with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, maybe maybe. It's always possible that we'll get promoted to the Premier League one day, but I'll be honest with you, I'll take League One at this point. Like it's been that long. I'll take League One. You know? I'll I'll happy see us go to the championship in my lifetime, mate. Like that'd be that'd be a yeah. that'd be a big nice yeah. ride for me. I'll be happy. I with just that. want to I'll go to Wembley with that. Them. Just yeah. want to go to Wembley. That's that's what I want to see. In the in the next ten years, I want to go to Wembley once. That's my ambitions for Carlo. Whether it's the bloody Papa John's Trophy final, the League Two playoff final, or a bloody pre-season friendly against Spurs, something like that, you know. I just want to see Spurs at Wembley. <laughs> It'd be nice. It would be nice, mate. It would be nice. And something else that's nice is that we've reached the end of our lovely episode. This has been episode 80 of the Blue Army podcast. And uh, usually there'd be nothing else left to do but say goodbye. Uh, but this time, uh, I mean... Liam, you can say goodbye, but I'm going to say, come and get him. <laughs> right, people, listeners, uh, thank you for watching very much. Please subscribe to the Blue Army podcast on Spotify and any other good audio platforms. Also subscribe to Blue Army TV on YouTube if you really want to. Absolutely. But thank you for listening in a bit and goodbye. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.